0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee's Erotic Library. On this podcast, I'm inviting you into my personal library to experience my favorite erotica. All of the volumes that I will read from are on my shelves. Each week, I will treat you to a piece of erotica, either my own or from one of my favorite authors. Some weeks, I will be joined by these amazing authors themselves, and you will have the chance to hear them read their own work. This podcast is being supported by my Patreon page. That's patreon.com forward slash Lori Beth Bisbee. For people who subscribe, you will have access to special interviews with authors and readings and also to special events. So grab your drink of choice, get comfortable, and enjoy a peek into my erotic world. Hey, everyone. Welcome to 2021 and the first new edition of Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee's Erotic Library. I hope that you had a good holiday break and that the craziness of this year isn't too heavy upon you. I decided to start off by reading a story out of Sextopia, which is a collection of stories edited by Cecilia Tan that are about sex and society. Given all of the interesting changes in society over the last number of months, it just felt like a good place to start. I'm reading a story by M. Christian, who has been on this show twice before. This is one of his probably not as well-known stories, but I like it, and it's called The Hope of Cinnamon. The rescued had a smell about them, even after a daily cleansing, a week of rest. Hours of medical attention, clean sheets, and plenty of food, the smell, the bitter taint, still lingered. It was subtle, almost an afterthought. The medicos said they couldn't smell it, though the helpers discounted them because they were too focused on the rescued's more physical needs, too busy making sure their muscle mass reformed correctly. Their bodies absorbed new calcium at a good rate to notice that they smelled. Most of the helpers said they smelled of the past, a dusty aroma of years. Jen, though, knew exactly what Bisu smelled of, sitting on a shaped couch across from him, obviously uncomfortable with the intelligent polymer intimacy of the furniture. The small man had that soft but noticeable aroma. Jen didn't think it was age. He thought it was cyanide, the smell of death's wings. You seem to be improving. Bisu smiled, moved his hands in a gentle ballet. It's a great place to be, he said. His German native and not injected from synthesized RNA, like Jen's, was high and piping, musical, his inflections precise and orchestrated. Still, Jen caught the hesitation, the phlegmatic pause. Helpers were trained to detect such subtlety, the difference between words meaning one thing in language and having whole books in that word's speaking. Jen was an intuitive, he couldn't begin to explain the intricacies of the complates, the recycling system, or even the or- orbital magic that the Stonewall Station used to keep from crashing down onto the earth or spinning off into space. His world wasn't material. It was emotional. His universe wasn't filled with matter. It was populated by personalities. He didn't know the details of what had brought Bisou to him, but he did know that a shadow was obscuring the small man covering his eyes with a heavy weight. It was Jen's job to make sure that weight didn't crush him, reduce him to ash and memories. Jen was there. Give him new life and walk him happily into his new world and new life. "'I can tell you've had fun playing with the synthesizer,' Jen said, smiling as he sat down next to him. "'Have some,' Bisu said, passing Jen a plate of misshapen cookies.' It's not an iron oven, but I think I did a pretty good job. Jen took one, feeling the crumbs skate under his fingers. The sugary bite of the dough was strong in his nose. I wish we could, but fire is one of those things we don't feel comfortable with. It was a leading question. One Bisu was supposed to answer. He didn't disappoint. Because of the air, right? Too much something in it. Jen smiled and patted his tiny, almost skeletal hand. Oxygen. We have a high oxygen content here, and that and the Corollis effect makes it harder to control open flame. A fire would be disastrous. Bisou took his hand away, folded both of them in his narrow lap. It's one of those things I'll miss. Jen sampled the spiced cookie, not because he was uncomfortable, but because his training told him that the young German needed to say something, and the act would put him at ease, show that Jen was there for him and respected him. Bisu didn't physically sigh, but his body seemed to radiate the signature all the same. A muscular wave of building and relaxing. His eyes were turned away from Jen, staring down at the plate of ugly cookies. The silence stretched. Jen put his hand on Bisu's knees, feeling the sharp planes of his bones through the thin material of his coverall. On their second day together, Jen had relented to wear something similar, even though it grated on him more than he was willing to admit. It itched. It tickled the backs of his knees, and it pulled much too hard on the back of his neck. Nudity was far better. Nudity was natural. But, in the name of the acclamation, he had started wearing it. Despite his discomfort, seeing the relaxation it brought Bisou had made it worth the irritation, though the instant he left the therapy suite, the coverall would end up down the nearest recycling chute. He wished Bisu would relax, drop some of the tension from his body, and just be with Jen. But there was something brittle and hard in the young man, something that seemed frightened of the freedom and luxury that Jen was holding out to him. On their third day together, Jen had offered Bisu sex. His reaction still puzzled and disturbed Jen. He couldn't recall seeing the young German's eyes wide and quivering with liquid panic, without feeling an almost physical pain for him. After then, he hadn't offered again. "'but he had moved to touch Bisu as often as possible. "'Touch was important. "'Without overcoming his fear, he could never be able to acclimate. "'Have you been cruising channels?' Jen asked, absently stroking, "'the irritating fabric covering Bisu's thigh. "'You mean that machine?' he said, "'indicating the flat screen with a small tilt of his head. "'I spent an hour with it last night. "'It was interesting, but confusing.' I didn't know what I was looking for most of the time. You will. Don't worry, much of it would probably be familiar to you if you understood the basic concepts. That much hasn't changed. I'm sure, but there seems to be so much sex. Jen laughed, but not with the scathing, mean edge to it. It was a teacher's laugh when his student makes an observation close to the truth. Ours is a very sexual culture. It always has been. It's how after all we define ourselves. I'm sure that's what it was for you. Bisu picked up a cookie, studied it, took a tentative bite and frowned. Not enough cinnamon, too much sugar. I'll never get it right. Jen kissed him on the cheek and despite the shock that echoed through the young man's body, he said, "You will. You will." Paisley was waiting for him when he got home. The trip from the Rescued's compound to his own apartment near Spoke 4 had been too quick, much too quick. Elevator up Spoke Two, ten 10 minutes of uncomfortable zero gravity, down Spoke 4, and then a 10-minute walk to his front door. He could have walked it, Jen realized, as he walked up the Sudawood steps leading to his front door. Walking it would have taken an hour, maybe an hour and a half. It would have given him more time to think, to pinpoint the tension that seemed to ride somewhere just inside his breastbone, next to his heart. Unfortunately, he hadn't, and so walked in with the ache throbbing deep inside. It would make him tense and irritable, bitchy. Paisley didn't react well when Jen was bitchy. As the door slid aside, the strong smell of liquid plastic made Jen's nose burn. The coffee table had been stripped and moved to one side. In its place was a giant easel, and on that was a splash of eye-biting color a diagonal of yellow, a handprint of black, a crimson slash that could have been the letter S, but since Paisley was illiterate, Jen knew it couldn't have been intentional. In front of the painting was Paisley. There, then, looking at his lover of four months, Jen felt the pain in his chest lift, vanish in the power of his appreciation for him. Many people went too far, allowing cosmic... Cosmation's too much leeway, trying to top one kind of iconic beauty over another. At least the skilled technician that Paisley had allowed to sculpt him had shown some restraint. A sense of refinement. Paisley wasn't a Tama Finland god or some deep Africa jungle king. He was a slender man, stepping just from boyhood, downy cheeks, golden long hair, a strong chest with just a hint of baby fat. Oh, you're home. Paisley said without an ounce of emotion, wiping his brushes on a rag that Jen recognized as one of his old T-shirts. "'Trying again,' Jen said, moving towards the censor mat, hoping that Paisley wouldn't want to talk, would give him a few minutes to breathe, relax, and try and diminish the ache he'd brought with him. "'The artistic process isn't an on or off kind of thing,' Paisley said, as Jen dialed up a mild soporific, followed by a quick chaser of dull satisfaction." It's an ongoing process of extension and release, relaxation and endeavor. It's not a linear, logical thing. It's an emotional act, a spiritual act. It's something that comes when you least expect it, seizing control of your spirit. When that happens, it takes ultimate precedent. Seeing that Paisley's precedent had left their ceiling flecked with minute dots of yellow, red, and black paint, and that a large crimson smear arced across the carpet... Jen reselected a pure white light and slapped the two tiny capsules against his upper arm. "'As long as it makes you happy,' Jen said, feeling the precise pharmaceuticals start to work. He walked around the couch and sat down with a heavy release of two tight muscles." It's not about happiness, it's about the mercy of an unstoppable muse, a divine light that descends on the artist like a form of madness. When it comes, you can't do anything but release yourself to its power, the vision, his lover said, enthusiastically flicking paint across his canvas, additionally spotting Jen's bare legs. Last week it had been music, and the apartment ringing with Paisley's experiments, with not so much notes, chords, and melody as much with the percussive quality of banging away without rhyme or reason on a pair of sound decks. As the drugs started to inflate his mind, warble at his perceptions, Jen wandered through his fragmenting thoughts towards Paisley, the idea of Paisley. He loved him, certainly, but it was an intangible kind of love, glued together with a physical affection. When he looked at him, however, it was like he was seeing an impression, an outline of a person. He made Jen laugh. He was a glowing foxfire sprite in in bed, all tongue, kisses, and cock. Winds, though, blew through him, distorting him, smoke, tissue, and glass. There was nothing stone or steel in him. Music last week, painting this week, Tantra next. The drug? Rock dust bit suddenly at Jen's nostrils. He'd lived in Stonewall all his life. He'd never lived or visited anywhere else. He'd never even seen rocks. Lunar soil, of course. It filled the planters on the deck outside, but never earthly stone. But still he could swear he could sense its aroma, even feel a rough surface with his tingly hands, the weight of rock against his muscles. Visu was shattered, almost broken, considering what had happened to him. A previous life in dim history summoned into the present, a chance to live granted at the barest seconds before death. He should have broken, fissured instead, he was attempting to learn to live but still cracks were there jen could see with his carefully tailored perceptions the collapse was working its way through him one break at a time getting up was difficult the drug wanted him to be fascinated with the minute pattern of dots on the rug the walls the ceiling walking to the sensor mat was an eva a zero g stroll it seemed to take forever "'Carefully, he dialed up clear resolution and sharpened reasoning "'and snapped the capsules again into his upper arm. "'Clarity, like walking, soared through him. "'Without looking back, Jen moved, "'each step becoming more and more certain, "'more and more stable, till he was in the bedroom. "'Aren't you going to watch me be creative?' he heard Paisley say, "'little wounds in his musical voice. "'Jen put on a firm smile. "'Be right back.' Go ahead and be creative with yourself for a while. In the small bedroom, he stretched out on their unmade bed. The ceiling was spotless, a uniform white expanse. Emptiness. Outside, their sundeck was slowly slipping into shade, what passed for night on Stonewall. Bisu, The thought of the little German man brought a new dose of tightness to his chest. He wished not for the first time that he could find the right cord to pull, the right words to say to make him unwind drop out of his fear and shock into the life that Jen and the helpers were offering him. It's a beautiful place, he thought to the wry little man. Can't you see that? Jen had been a helper for three years. Two clients in those three years. The first had been an older man named Goer. Uncomfortable and clumsy, the ex-jeweler had accepted his rescue with hope. Yes, there had been fear, Jen remembered one night, in particular when he'd collapsed, as if the life had drained out of him in one giant sob. Jen had held him quaking with his own fear as the big man shook with tears. He remembered their last day together, sitting on the balcony looking out at the wondrous interior of Stonewall. It was a moment of acceptance, a step into his new existence. The other had been a young Pole named Markowski. He'd been harder, much harder. So hard that Jen thought that he would crack, break up into tiny pieces along with the rusty-haired farmhand. Nothing was familiar to him, Nothing, not even the sexuality that had gotten him arrested and sent to the camps. He was a stranger even among the friends who had rescued him. It had been hard, terribly, but still, Jen didn't feel the same way for the Pole as he did for Bisu. He tried to examine his feelings, bring them out of his unconsciousness and into the light of his present mind. He had walked Markarski not only into into the Stonewall sunlight, but also into a whole new world. Jen had been his first lover, his first love. "'Jen had taken his hand, put it on his hard cock. "'It's okay to want. "'There's no one here but us, just the two of us and love.' "'Markowski had cried as well, but it was a source of deeper tears. "'Nothing was familiar to him. "'No friends, no home, no earth, no animals, not counting cats and dogs. "'No crops to pull from the resistant earth. "'Still... Jen remembered their last time together a passionate embrace on the tubeway as Markowski's train pulled in, the love that had been between them, the bonding that had glued Markowski not only to the love of men, but also to the new age that was to be his home. Thinking of him, Jen moved to the flat screen and called up his old notes. Reading his younger self's words, he felt caught up in the fear, the hope he'd had as he tried to acclimate him. Nothing like Bisou, though. It had been deep, loving, and special, but there hadn't been anything else. Markowski hadn't been a ghost, a transparent boy-man, but he hadn't held something deep and close as Bisu seemed to. Something aching and magical. Something that Jen suspected was lurking just under the pale surface of his chest. Something he was slowly bringing out to show Jen. Absently, he called up the current records for Markowski. Deceased flashed the screen. A chill ran through Jen. He read the words again, hoping the drugs hadn't completely left his system. The words stayed. Heart pounding and fist flight in his chest, he read on. A year ago. Eight months after kisses and tears on the tubeway, he jumped from the roof of his apartment block. Dead instantly. Why wasn't I told? Separation was part of acclamation. He understood that put them on their feet and kick them out into the world, make them create their own relationships, their own lovers. But they had been close. They had been lovers, a kind of helper-rescued love, but the ache was there nonetheless. There was pain, seeing that word, reading the detains, a pounding pain. Markowski's hands, rough and hard around his cock, Markowski's lips, full and soft, kissing him, gently washing his cock in hot spit. Markowski's asshole pink and pretty as it swallowed Jen's cock. Markowski's eyes dancing with wonder at the morning after seeing possibilities. Markowski was dead. Dead. He called up Goer's File. The fat little jeweler had suffered some kind of breakdown six months ago. A model. A perfect job. He remembered some of the other helpers telling him with pride. Stonewall offered Goer so much. Genetic retailering to give him the body he'd always wanted. A world free from hate and war. A world full of men who loved men. It was paradise. It was utopia for Goer. He'd broken nonetheless. His cracks might not have been visible, gaping, but they'd been there nonetheless. They'd grown as he tried to acclimate, to live at, in the strange world he found himself. In grown there till there wasn't anything holding him together, and he'd simply fallen apart. Bisu, the face of the young German, hovered in front of Jen's wide, frightened eyes. His beautiful hands, his face plain and elegant, nose long and thin, lips wide and soft. His hair, black as starless space, his eyes, opals, alive with flicking blue. He was thin and narrow and walked like a dancer, with beauty singing from each step, each gesture, refined and elegant. Where would he be in six months? What would happen to Debonair Bisou and his cinnamon cookies? Jen took a stuttering deep breath, squeezing his eyes against the hot tears that had already started to slowly roll down his cheeks, getting himself together. He started calling all the helpers he knew. "'It's the little things you remember most, isn't it? "'You don't know much about your part of the world, your life, "'but you remember the tiny things best. "'It was against the rules to let them talk about their past too much. "'That part is gone,' the philosophy went. "'It's time to move on.' "'But Jen didn't stop him. "'Didn't step on the usual course of trying to get Bisou "'to watch the floor flat screen more often "'or encourage him to remove his clothing, have sex.' He sat next to him, not even touching the slim young man, and listened to his words. I had a little place near the train station, small and dirty, but it was mine. The concierge was a little widow who had lost her husband in the first war. She had a shrine to him, dusty glass, a fading photograph, and two medals. I always saw it when I paid my rent. He looked like a god, a Yodin, staring down at me from that wall. His eyes were big and glaring, as if his anger at the photographer still beamed out of his eyes at me, and anyone who came into his widow's apartment. Did you like living there, Jen said, watching Bisu pacing back and forth from one cream-colored wall to the other. It was week six of his acclimation, and the flat screen was on all the time. Cultural exposure. Get them used to their new world, Jen, though had turned the sound down till it was nothing but a mumbling whisper. Even though the chaotic fragments of Stonewall's media flashed and pulsed vivid entertainment, Jen's eyes were only on Bisu. "'and Bisu's eyes were back in his tiny apartment "'near the university. "'I hated that place. "'I hated that portrait. "'I hated the words that followed me down the street.' "'He stopped, his walking, his talking, "'and turned to the brilliant pulses coming from the screen. "'Jen noted unconsciously that the screen had stopped "'on a bout of the sexual Olympics. "'Bronze gods with mammoth phalluses "'wrestling each other to orgasmic delights "'of an immense crowd. Bisu turned away. Jen noticed his eyes were closed tight. I was beaten twice when I lived there. One time so badly I couldn't see out of my left eye for three days. I was scared of going blind, but more so of going to a doctor. It must have been frightening, Jen said, feeling the emotion himself, or at least a personal version. Bisou became quiet. Turning back to the flat screen, he said to the flickering images of giant oily torsos and dicks like battering clubs, he finally whispered, you don't have any idea. The place smelled of cinnamon from the bakery next door. It smelled safe, like my mother's kitchen. Warm and safe. When I was in bed at night, that smell meant hope. That it would be there in the morning the next day that I would be there to smell it. Jen listened, washing himself in Bisu's words. He was him. His crossed arms and memory-glazed eyes. Seventy percent failure rate, he also saw the eyes of the other helpers he'd talked to, red-ringed with the surprising and too-hard emotions that come from discovering all of their failures. Seventy percent of the rescue didn't make it. Madness, stepping onto a high fall. No one understood it. Many were frightened. Why? They had no idea. I wish I could make you understand. I don't think you can. It was bad. Everyone I knew was frightened, in pain, but sometimes we found each other. "'reached out in the night and found a warm body, a smiling face. "'My first kiss,' he said, "'turning back and speaking with surprising bo- volume, "'was a model named Heinz. "'He was so pretty, so pretty, eyes like the sun, full of light. "'His skin was gold, not bronze like a farmer's, but gold. "'I sketched him for many weeks, "'but it was just an excuse to be close to him, "'to warm myself in his glow.' One day I noticed him watching me, staring down at me from the soapbox he was posing on. His face didn't change, but I felt it did. I could feel something about him, something that saw into me, beyond the student, the painter, something deep down. It frightened me, to be known that well, that quickly. I guess it also scared me that he accepted it, acknowledged it. I didn't return to that class for days, pretending to be ill in bed. He visited me, all warmth and gold. He brought cookies from next door. Cinnamon. That first kiss was like the welcoming embrace of my room. Cinnamon. We didn't do anything. Nothing at all. We just kissed and held each other. Sometimes the best heaven is a pause in hell. We stayed together, warm bodies on cold mornings. Slowly, I noticed others like Heinz and I. He waved his still-thin, still malnourished-looking arms at the cream-colored walls, the shaped couch, the wall screen at Jen. There was a kind of shame over everything we did, even if it was just talking out of doors. But my heart was exploding every day, bursting, when I thought of them all, of Heinz and my friends. Bisu came and sat down next to Jen. He seemed light, almost insubstantial, the light having drained out of him. It meant something. Everything had a priceless value to it. Our kisses, our bodies, everything was more precious than anything I had ever known. Even when they came and made us wear the triangles, we made it a uniform, a badge among us all. It was stupid and childish, but it was a time when any amount of love, every kiss, was worth more than anything on earth. Here, everything is cheap, easy. Nothing means anything. Nothing is special. You don't understand. No one here does. Jen put his arm around him, held him close. For a long time, they didn't say anything. Then Bisu turned his head and kissed Jen's cheek. It was a distant flock of birds, almost invisible. When they passed between the sun and the earth, and the shadows they cast hit the earth. A ghostly kiss. For Jen, it felt like a kiss goodbye. "'No!' a part of Jen screamed, "'and a surge of anger and passion rushed up his body, "'making his head swim. "'Turning fast, he grabbed Bisu by the shoulders, "'tilted his head and kissed him hard. "'Passion! "'Bisu struggled at first, a kind of shocked retreat, "'but then slowly began to melt. "'Together their tongues rolled and tugged against one another's. "'A fire started somewhere within both of them. "'Startled by his own ferocity, Jen dropped his hands away.' and left grazed the tiny man's lap, feeling a strong, hard cock there. An image swelled in Jen's mind, the thought of Bisu alone in, the pl- in a place with dazzling beauty and too common sensuous joy, where nothing has value and everything is too easily acquired. He thought of him fading away, lost against the vacuum he felt all around him. Again the anger boiled in Jen. Again the no was mad as a... Uh, Uh, was a mad bell in his head with a powerful tug. He parted the thin material of Bisou's coverall. His cock was crimson, brilliant red with strength. It wasn't half hard or even just hard. It was screaming life, lust, and passion putting a hand hard on the around the thin man's cock jen hung on he didn't care if he was holding on too tight because he was holding on keeping bisu there with him keeping him close pulsing with the beat of his rapid heart bisu's cock and jen's hand felt like steel wrapped in velvet it was life it was the present jen was almost shocked at the strength of it the image of bisu as a ghost of a man someone fading off to some time in the past slipped a little bit he felt like he wasn't just hanging on to his cock, he was hanging on to the one thing, the anchor that would keep the thin little man from falling, falling down and away from him. Bisu responded by breathing deep and pulling slightly back, eyes wide with pleasant shock, his arms filled with tension, but he didn't move to stop or break Jen's grip. I might lose you, Jen thought, his mind remarkably clear, but I have you here now climbing down jen knelt in front of bisu before his eyes bisu's cock was straight and narrow not as long as many cocks ben jen had seen sampled but then jen's age was one where beauty was affordable and genitals were whatever you wanted them to be possibly because of that bisu's cock balls and body were what he had lived in dealt with and enjoyed he was beautiful to jen more beautiful than any store-bought body more divine than any artistically enhanced cock. He was just flesh, blood, memory, experience, and desire. Bisu's cock was proud and strong because he had made it so. Gently, being the helper that he was, Jen kissed the satiny smooth head of Bisu's cock. He tasted the rich flavor of hot skin and the sharp tang of bitter salt from a tiny dollop of cum that had gently oozed out. "'Above him he was dimly aware that Bisu had leaned back into the shape couch "'and was breathing raspily in and out. "'After the kiss, Jen slowly eased Bisu's cock into his mouth, "'inching into the blast furnace that Jen felt himself becoming. "'Breathing around the fat head, Jen bathed Bisu in his own hot air. "'When he brought his lips around it again, he felt much more salt, "'much more bitter cum taste, and Bisu's cock impossibly was even harder.' Then Jen started to make love to Bisu with his mouth. Stonewall was proud of its tradition of teaching, of educating young men in the arts of love. Jen always prided himself on his artistic flair regarding sex and sex play. He'd received high marks from every teacher he studied with, and had even mastered some of the more arcane arts of erotic pleasure. But that afternoon, with the tiny man from the 20th century, Jen was just a man, his lover and his lover's cock the perfect artistry of simplicity. Rhythmically, Jen lowered and raised his mouth around Bisu's cock, relishing the taste and the feel of his member. Dimly, distantly, he was aware that he was also hard, an ache in his crotch against the confining clothing, but he didn't dare even stroke himself because it might take his mind and mouth off of Bisu. "'Distantly, but not dimly, he was also aware of the sounds deliciously emanating from Bisu, "'like a mantra,' he moaned. "'Jesus, God, Jesus, God!' in his native German. "'Jen didn't know those words, at least not clearly. "'But he took it as a good sign and kept on sucking Bisu's pretty, pretty cock. "'Jen felt himself becoming nothing but the excitement and joy of what he was doing. "'It wasn't so much just sex as breathing life into someone who had come so close to death.' "'He was washing away the stink of cyanide from the gas chamber, "'the smell of death's wings. "'He was trying his best to obliterate years of pain and suffering, "'remove with just a blowjob words like "'Dachau, Auschwitz, relocation, undesirables. Bisu's cock was strong, a grounding rod into the earth. "'Jen knew he couldn't wipe away the pain of Bisu's life, "'but he could, at least, hold him here, there, "'now, for a little while longer.'" Sudden salt, shocking wetness in Jen's mouth, above and beyond him, Bisu moaned, deep and guttural, a feral, primitive burst of joy, as he came in Jen's mouth. Carefully cleaning Bisu with his tongue, Jen stroked and fondled him, worshipping the shape and strength of his cock, the shape and strength of his forged soul. When he was clean and oh so hard again, Jen stood quickly tossing aside the coverall that he hated. Naking, naked and also achingly hard, he stood in front of Bisu and didn't say anything, though he thought, "'This is life. Take it.' Bisu hesitated, then elegantly kissed the head of Jen's cock. With his lips, he learned the shape of the helpers, felt the softness, the hardness, the silk, the satin, the velvet, the iron. Slowly, methodically, as if he was memorizing Jen's members so he would never forget it, Bisu worked his way up, and around Jen. Watching, hypnotized to Jen, it felt like someone unwrapping a precious gift, luxuriating in his beauty. For many minutes, this went on, this meticulous adoration of Jen, then so slowly that Jen wasn't even quite sure that it was happening. Bisu swallowed Jen's cock. The sensation's scared Jen at first, and its overwhelming feeling of warmth, wetness, firmness was so perfect, so ideal, that the reality that it was being performed by a rescued shocked him. But soon the sensation won out over his prejudice, over who was performing it, and Jen was awash in the beauty of Bisu's worship. Lips, tongue, hint of teeth, roof of mouth, down the throat, Jen was consumed by Bisu, feasted on, he was eaten so that life could flow into Bisu. When the orgasm came, it was a rumbling earthquake, something that Jen didn't at first recognize. A shimmering wave of physicality that raced from his thighs and chest up through his neck into his face and brain. His body responded on its own, bucking slightly into Bisu's mouth, face. Then he exploded, a burst of thrilling sensation that made his knees weak and his breath labored. Sitting back down on the shape couch, they held each other for a long time and fell asleep till the shadow of night passed by the window, and another great panel of sunlight started to arrive. Jan had somewhere to go. Carefully, he got up. When Bisu was awake enough, he kissed him, took his hands, and stared into his face. "'I'm going away for a little while. For you, just a few days. You must promise me you don't do anything. Wait for me.' Bisu looked scared and confused. "'Where are you going?' I'm going to try and understand. The shuttle pod docked with a deep shudder of impact. Jen closed the flat screen he'd been studying since they set out for the anomaly, A washing, washing himself in details, customs, history maps, economics... "'the dry facts of a long dead age. "'He received a new dosage of German, "'a heavy layering of the language over his own. "'Jen would be able to speak it like a native. "'The injection had been so large "'that he had to think twice before speaking. "'He confused most of the crew on the trip out "'by speaking the old dead tongue. "'It had taken some persuading, "'but in the end the helpers had agreed. Seventy percent failure. "'They had to know why. "'They had to understand.' The details of what was planned refused to stick in his mind, the techniques and concepts puzzling. But he understood the basics. He'd have ten years. He was going to 1930. Ten years of walking their streets, eating their food, speaking their language, knowing their life. Jen, too, would know the triangles, the guns, the trains, the camps, the ovens. He, too, would be rescued. But hopefully, he might know, understand what he was being rescued from, being brought to. Wait for me, Jen thought, thinking of Bisu as the hatch opened and he floated out into the anomaly, the gateway back. I'll be back, and when I do, maybe I'll know a priceless kiss, the hopeful smell of cinnamon. I hope you enjoyed this week's offering, a little bit more serious than most of the ones that I do. And I look forward to seeing you all again next week for another episode of Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee's Erotic Library. If you're enjoying this and you would like more and like to know more about what I do, head over to DrLoriBethBisbee.com and sign up on my mailing list so you can find out all about the things that are upcoming. Thanks for joining me on this erotic adventure. Join me again next week for more exciting erotica. Visit my websites, DrLaurieBethBisbee.com and DrLaurieBethBisbee.press for more information about what I'm doing and what services are available. Check out my weekly internet radio show, The A to Z of Sex, on the Health and Wellness Channel, VoiceAmerica.com, Thursdays at 11 a.m. PST, 2 p.m. EST, and that's a live show. If you've got suggestions for this show or authors you'd like to hear, email me at lori.beth at drlauribethbisbee.press. Have a great week.